Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports. I'm Joe Favorito, along with my able-bodied co-host, Tom Richardson. Tom? What's up, Joe? What are we talking about today? Why don't we talk about events and how deals get done? So... If you've listened to a previous podcast or you'd like to listen to it after afterwards, we've had Deepin Parikhan, who is the partner for Courtside Ventures, and his partner in another property, which some of you may have been to at some point in New York or Sloan MIT or San Francisco, is NYVC Sports. And that partner is Jeff Volk of Major League Baseball Advanced Media. Jeff, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Deepin? Jeff, a guest we've been wanting to have right. on the show since we started this podcast. So this is a momentous yep. occasion, Joe. And Deepin, thanks happened. for coming back again. Yeah, yeah Deepin, pleasure to be here. to see you. So before I guess we get started with NYVC Sports, it's always customary since uh, Deepin in a previous podcast has talked about courtside, uh, but we've never had Jeff on before. So Jeff, how did you get to where you are? Good question. Um, and and you got you, know, you can't have like an hour to give the answer. Right. Okay, all right, I'll cut the it down. I know you'd going. like it, but... Yeah. I'll, I'll cut it down <laughs> to about 30 minutes then. Um, you know, like, like any career, you like to put it in a linear format and say, I started here and I wanted to get here and that, this right. is how I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in many instances, you look at how you got there and sometimes the path isn't so straight line. Um, I graduated from, from Penn. Um, I wanted Strike to, one. I so. wanted to work in the sports industry. Um, had a passion for it, but really had a passion my whole life for, for building businesses. Um, so my first role out of school uh, was at an agency called Ketchum, uh, and we launched the sports practice um, in 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's now a, a, a pretty flourishing big business, but when we started, it was really just Visa and FedEx as our two clients. We were helping them try to figure out how to activate their sports sponsorships. And I was there for about three years, um, 2000, 1999, that, that time frame, the digital first era um, of, of companies really starting to blow up, where, where clients... Uh, and companies had more uh, money than they had time and they needed to get out into the marketplace. And so um, I left Ketchum to go join a company called Scient. It was a high-flying, fast-moving digital consulting firm um, that went from about zero employees to 2,000 employees in a really short time frame. Um, And worked on the Major League Baseball Advanced Media Project Mm -hmm. when the first company first got started. So it's kind of fun that my career has come full circle. Uh, Worked on a... um, project that really was trying to figure out um, how do you make better recommendations for people in environments where they want them. It was really, I think it was Steve Jobs who said, you don't want to be two years too early and you don't want to be two years too late. That project was about 10 years too early. Um, and I worked on a number of other projects, a merger in, a, in a, a, an energy company out in, in the Midwest and a few others. Um, like most people in mid-2001, um, the, the, the internet was over, right? What are you doing next? Um, and... Um, it turns out it really wasn't. I was um, going to say, the internet's still around. Yeah, no, it turns so out it wasn't. It was a big but bubble the, burst. But, 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 but that, but that was still the, a business there. Exactly. That was Obviously. the belief in many ways. And um, those who had the vision and those who had um, the wherewithal were able to do incredibly well. Um, and I'll come back to that because MLB Advanced Media and Bob Bowman and that whole team had that vision and saw that that, that content had incredible value and we're going to charge for that content and we're going to put a premium against that content and it built an incredible business, which mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to, to now work at. Um, to go back to, to quickly the, the, the history of my career, so I um, left Scient, went to the United States Tennis Association U.S. Open um, where I ran the business development team um, for three years and then I took over advanced media 
uh, as a general manager for Advanced Media for for three years. He's taking Ezra Kuchar's job. That's right. Who, so, is, who was a podcast guest podcast as well. Guest. So that's great. Yeah. Ezra's the Ezra's the man. Um, Friend of all, and he'll tell you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ezra was one of Arlen's first hires, and I was Ezra's first hire. Yep. So um, I I learned a lot of what I know in the digital industry from from Ezra. Um, and he will tell and you more that, importantly, that's when we got to. And meet, he will tell you that AOL, well. That's right. right. So I met Tom in that time frame. We Doing did a deal the, with you. The USTA and AOL sponsorship together. That that, that was good fun. Yeah. Um, so by the way, someday we'll explain what AOL is to people. Although they'll find out again at some point. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Started the dial-up side. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, all, we'll all know it as those, Verizon. Those floppy disks that invaded your home like <laughs> swarms of bees. Exactly. Um, and so we we started off by building a vision that said. We should roll it. Well, it's funny. We, we called it USDA Advanced Media. Mm-hmm. The reason we called it USDA Advanced Media was, well, MLB had just launched not too recent, not too much earlier, and, and it was called MLB Advanced Media. We're like, oh, great. Well, there'll be a lot of advanced media as well. <laughs> there are two in sports, right. and those are the two. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a very advanced title at that point. <laughs> Correlates to Jeff. Yeah, yeah I, I would say it's sort of like when you when, when they started creating vitamins, like vitamin A, vitamin B, uh-oh, B1, B2, B3, and then they got to D and E, and they're like, oh, I guess we panicked. We could have just named right. the letters. Right. Um, I guess it should have been NYBC Sports Advanced Media. I never really thought about it. There really isn't a vitamin F, right? I mean, I guess you kind of get to a point you get to a point. Right, exactly. sounds bad. It's like the no summer. No one wants to take a vitamin F. F right. Yeah. Or B6 or right. something? You add right. numbers after? I never I thought did. We're getting off track, gentlemen. Which may be a theme <laughs> okay. uh, for, for, for today. Yeah. Um, but, but real quick, so we built 275 websites. The thought was, let's roll up the entire industry of tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, if a person from New York City wins the U.S. Open, why can't you publish in an environment where it's on USA.com nationally, it's on the Eastern section it's on the New York District, and it's on the New York City Community mm-hmm. Tennis Association. So how do you publish all the way up and all the way down? How do you generate revenue for all each of those individual mm-hmm. divisions that are run across the entire country? Um, and so we built a platform. We built the content management system. We built the ability for them to generate revenue through e-commerce, through ads, and other arenas. We did the first live stream um, ever in the sport of tennis. It was a match between Pete Sampras and Robbie Ginepri. And then we did the first U.S. Open live stream. Um, it was a Monday night. It was Labor Day. What year was that? That was uh, 2005 or 2006. Um, And it was a night that uh, USA was showing WWE Raw. And uh, we had the ability to do live streaming. And that was a real passion of mine. Mm -hmm. Fast forward. WWE or or (laughs) live streaming? Well, WWE WWE is one of my biggest clients. I was going to say, they come back into the picture. Why don't you tell them? And we we do live streaming. So I'm going to say D, all the above. Okay. Um, back to vitamins again, but that's okay. So yeah, so true. Well played. Yeah. So I left um, the USTA in '07. Um, joined a company called Athletes Performance, mm-hmm. now called Exos, um, to build a digital media platform to take um, personalized training, which is the the place that everyone goes in Arizona, and there are mm-hmm. five other locations uh, to go train before combines and before Major League Baseball season and others, and try to bring almost like the Formula One model. There are cars that are produced for Formula One, and then there are also Hondas that the consumer can buy. How do you bring that same methodology to people to um, better train, have better health, better nutrition, and so on? It was there for about three years and got the opportunity to uh, move back to New York. I came back to uh, move in with my wife, now uh, mother of my two children. And uh, I joined. And still your wife. And still my wife. Yeah. Um, fortunately, she's the best. 
hopefully she's listening. Um, and uh, joined MLB Advanced Media. The thought was, how do we go generate new revenues? Mm-hmm. For a while, I was working on the gaming team. For a while, I was working on the original content side. And I really spent the last um, four or five years thinking about how do we build um, the technology that we have employed to run MLB.TV and all of MLB's programs to third parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same technology um, that powers MLB.TV and at bat um, also powers WWE Network, HBO, Sony View, which is a virtual MVPD, uh, Hulu Live, um, PGA Tour Live, Twitter's live streaming, and a number of others. Great. And then Deepin, along the way, somehow the Jeff Deepin marriage came along and the vision of NYVC Sports, I guess, came along, right, Tom? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so how, where in that mix? creation myth yeah. Yeah. for NYVC and Sports? And why? So Jeff, I mean, honestly... You know, you guys shared the vision and have brought it to where it is now. So, both of you guys had it. Also, how did before the answer, I just want to point out this parallel that obviously in the in the podcast with Deepin, we talked about his focus on deal flow and being really mm-hmm. smart and analyzing all these new companies and technologies. Jeff, essentially, you have the same job, uh, in a way, in the in the in the context of a corporate prop- a property, Major League Baseball. But the idea is to stay on top of technology, look for new opportunities, look at deal flow, look at opportunities. So it's interesting. So let me answer your second question first, and then I'll let Deepin tell the story of how we met, because I'm sure he'll uh, he'll tell it in a much more fun manner than and, I will. And feel free to embellish. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, and it's an astute, astute point. Um, Deepin looks at, at companies, whether they be very young um, or more established, but he looks at them from a standpoint of how do they grow and where do they fit into the mix, uh, and how do I employ capital into those companies to help make them become more successful. Um, I do in many ways this the same thing. I look at uh, entrepreneurial ventures. Um, I look at where investment dollars are going to figure out whether those types of companies can um, be successful um, and have longevity and can use some of those dollars to um, look at exploiting the rights of Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, which is something that's part of our portfolio as well. Uh, League of Legends, which is Riot Games, again, part of our portfolio. Um, and for, for us, it's looking at it from a different perspective, right? It's still who are great companies, who are great leaders, um, and how are they going to build their businesses? Uh, and so in one sense, I look for things that are cool and new and cutting edge and figure out how do they fit into the MLB mm-hmm. uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. The second thing where I spend the majority of my time is, is thinking about live video and live video platforms. Uh, we look for great companies that have amazing content, a lot of it that can drive an audience. If you have great content and you can drive an audience, we will build a business together. And that's how the WWE partnership got started. That's how the PGA Tour Live partnership got started. That's how all, most of the deals uh, that we have in place got started. Find great partners with great content um, and figure out a way to, to bring that technology to consumers anytime, anywhere. And we can talk all about that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm super passionate about it. So yeah. I could talk for hours about it. But the real question you asked was about NYBC Sports, New York Venture Community, and how Deepin and I got started. So what, Deepin, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk about how we, how we met? Yeah, it was... Uh, Jeff grew up with uh, a guy by the name of Steve Schlafman, who uh, is currently an investor at RRE Ventures. There's a camp story here somewhere. It sure. is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let Jeff yeah. tell that part. Yeah. Uh, Steve's awesome. He's a, one of the best investors, in my opinion, in New York City. Uh, he's been in the venture community for a long time. And... Uh, him and I were discussing one day that I was working on this early stage startup in sports. 
you provided good feedback and they said I really want to be a part of starting a group of sorts to bring together all the people like I can't get access to the sports leagues or teams or anyone and uh, he introed me I think email introed to Jeff and said you should talk to my buddy we grew up together works in Major League Baseball he's a really good guy so we had our uh, we had our first date at General Assembly the old uh, office space here Jeff came in uh, with definitely a little more hair than he has today Okay. And uh, a little younger. Right. Uh, but we hit it off from the get-go. I think the visions were pretty in line in that I was super interested in understanding how leagues were thinking about it from a very selfish perspective for me because we're going to start up. Yeah. Um, and for Jeff, it was more being at the forefront of the technological you know, revolution innovation that was happening that he was already a part of. But early stage companies also were increasingly part of his kind of mandate in terms of what he was looking for. Um, and so we kicked off the first event. Remember, Brian Socklow from Loeb and Loeb, shout out to him. He's been a huge supporter from the way, way beginning. Uh, he and I had lunch early on when I kind of drew out from what NYBC Sports was, and he uh, right off the bat said, keep me posted he was like i'm happy to be a sponsor so he was their sponsor from day one right so was the first one in that uh entrepreneurial space with the gentleman from the nfl it was, was technically yes, number one show. so is that an office called fanbridge fanbridge i was at the first event yeah that's right yeah and now you're an advisor yeah there you well, go but i remember how many people were at that first event there were probably what 30 people uh, 20 people i would say 25 to 30 25 to 80 people and we had yeah. no chairs Everyone, right. everyone stood. <laughs> right. I was the moderator. And, and no beer. Were, I don't believe no it. Beer. We had beer. Yeah. We did have beer. We did we? We did. Time? They provided beer. Okay. No food, but they provided beer. No chairs. But only for the panelists. Um, we, 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 we were on stools. Right. Um, yeah. And we had yes. PowerPoint presentations right. behind us. Right. So, so we've come a long way. Yeah. A couple of things to what Deepin said. Um, part of the thing that, that I got most excited about with the concept was remains is um, there needs to be an environment um, that brings together entrepreneurs, investors, and for lack of a better term, the the enterprise sports industry. That's leagues, that's teams, that's publishers, that's media broadcasters, right. social media companies, etc. Yeah. Right. So those are three different groups that all overlap. Venn diagrams is 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 quite large quite yeah, quite large and gotten bigger the last five or yeah. ten years and so what happened in this time frame this is 2011 um, there's almost no sports entrepreneurship going on there's very little investment going on in sports because the general consensus is that um, who's going to buy you one of the leagues and the leagues are probably not going to pay you what you're worth and they may squeeze you and how many clients mm-hmm. do you have and how many exits mm-hmm. have there been in that world and the answer was not many but the belief was that our thesis really what, what remains that those three groups need to better understand each other. Every entrepreneur that you talk to needs to better understand what investors are thinking and doing and what the industry they're playing in is thinking and doing. And we looked at launching multiple verticals. Uh, for us, New York Venture Community Sports is where we began. It's been, it's been our locomotive. Um, and so every entrepreneur that touches sports, every investor that touches sports, and by sports I really mean uh, media, entertainment, sports, the sort of larger mm-hmm. ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's aggregation of live audiences. Um, there's so much displacement of time, there's so much displacement of, of with the DVR and watching things on demand that 
very few things break through that and bring live aggregation of huge audiences. You watch a game, you hear the score, you're probably not going to watch the game. You have a game today, tomorrow, Major League Baseball, we have, we, have, we have 162 games. If you don't watch tonight's game, tomorrow, you're not going to watch yesterday's game, you're going to watch today's game. Uh, and so there's so much live content, and, and, and in many ways, sports are the locomotive because they break through time shifting, and if you can give people content anytime, anywhere, any device, where they want it, and charge a, a, a fee that's, that's fair, um, people are going to consume it. They're going to consume it in masses, and, and are going to be thankful for it. And as a sports fan, deep, deep in as well, um, we're super passionate about it, and we consume a lot of this content. Where, what's the old expression? We're not only the hair club president, we're also clients. Uh, so there you we, go. Uh, we also, hair club yeah. for men. Not many people remember that, but that's a really good one for so, us. So, 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 Sly Where is he today? Feel, feel free to Google that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing that it. struck me, I just mm-hmm. want to comment on it because I've been an early supporter, obviously, and Joe as well is that the uh, doing this, first of all, just conceptually was great, but also on a practical basis, doing it in the evenings was really nice because many of us have been to lots of conferences which are typically during the day. What happens during those conferences is that everybody's paying attention for the first hour or two, then people start doing their business. They're leaving the auditorium, they're on phone calls, they're leaving the conference altogether to go back to their to, to, to back at home or whatever. And you end up getting kind of this weird dynamic in these large conferences uh, and then the networking opportunities are usually pretty limited just in the way they're structured. So what's really nice about this one, and I want you to talk about how this has evolved, is that in the evening, people are done typically with the main work of the day. They can have a drink and they can be with industry peers and colleagues and actually listen and engage. And I think that's something that's really struck me about all these, how many events have there been at this point? Oh, um, man. 25 or 30? 25 or 30, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I think what everybody said to me, because I know a lot of people who have, who have come, is that there's just this feel of presence, feeling of presence and engagement, which is just missing from a lot of conferences yeah. these days. So, yeah. Can you speak to that? Uh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think a large part of it is the fact that it's a very collegial environment. Um, you'll run into people you haven't seen in a while. As much as New York City is, I think, an interesting anomaly in that you can be two blocks away from someone or work in the next building, but you don't see them right. for weeks or kind months. Kind of like your neighbors time. in a New York apartment. Exactly. <laughs> and NYBC Sports, along with exposing you to a lot of new opportunities, trends, also has a good mix of allowing you to see those familiar faces. And I think we've had a lot of the same familiar faces from the beginning. I mean, both Tom and Joe, you guys have been there from the get-go, and then... You know, we have, I'd say across every sports league, media company, we can probably point to a few people that have been huge advocates of mm-hmm. NYBC sports and have started bringing their colleagues right. and their colleagues and so on and so forth, which I think has created a much more organic right. growth of the group as opposed to us going out and trying to market it or put it in you know, trade magazines, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's amazing every time we do an event that at the beginning when Jeff says who's new here there's a quarter of the audience yeah it's usually I'd say a quarter I would would agree with that yeah yeah um, much of this may sound genius and the answer is it has been as much luck as anything else yeah Um, we started out with the vision of let's connect these three communities and if you can connect these three communities in an environment where you bring your network and your network's network um, think of it as the twos on LinkedIn 
um, and you keep it fairly exclusive. Um, you you keep it senior in nature, but not so exclusive that people that are looking to, to build and grow and get involved in the industry can't participate. And, and if you can create it almost the unconference, right? It's There's no velvet ropes. It's not a couple thousand dollars to, to, to join or to attend. It's in the evening. It's always on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. Let's try to interfere with social lives as little as possible. We take the summer off because we joke that even we don't want to go to our own events in the summer, so we're not going to force others to come. Um, we generally start the event at 6.30. That's, that's been earlier and later at different parts of, of, our, of our ride. Um, but, but an hour, an hour and 15 minutes-ish uh, of networking. It's self-selecting, so those who are coming um, are there because they want to network. They want to meet people. You should walk away with a couple of business cards of people that you may otherwise never have met. And again, there's no red velvet rope. There's no green room. There's Everyone that's on the panel is right there interacting. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great feature, which is not true in a lot of the large conferences who, where you have panels that get ushered in and ushered out really fast. So I just want, if you don't mind me interjecting a point that relates to, to this uh, key aspect of NYBC sports, what I really like about it is the intermingling of the generations. Because by definition, in that one-third of the Venn diagram, the entrepreneurial side, it's typically younger people. Yep. Typically 20s and 30s, but actually mostly 20s. However, most of the enterprise side is middle age, which would range from 30s, I'd say, to 50s, right? And at No, I, would, I wouldn't say that's middle age. I take offense to that. <laughs> okay, I, I was going to say. But, but yeah. I was, in I, 1947, I did, it was middle age. I did, well, like 40 plus right. middle 40 age. 40 plus. Yeah. I, I, I do like the fact too. that you bundled Deepin and I both in as the same middle age. <laughs> that's wrong. But I don't think any of us should be We're just it. trying to we stay as young as we can, Jeff. From the neck up, I'm just as young as I ever was. Well, let's call it. Just not as quick. Let me neck down. I was going to say, definitely not that let me characterize going, a little bit differently. Please. The people that are in, let's let's call it management positions on the enterprise. Decision side. makers. So decision makers, directors. Everything you said was true except for middle age. I right, okay. <laughs> so forget about middle age. But um, And then on the investor side, that typically is an older crowd. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is in the investment community. Right. A, lot of, uh, a lot of people in their uh, older middle age, so I'd say 50s and 60s. So what's really nice... That all of a sudden we're perfectly comfortable right. with. <laughs> I'm trying to adjust this on the fly to make you happy. Um but to me, what's really nice, and, and even having some students uh, come, graduate students from Columbia or NYU or wherever else, um, but that's a really nice thing that doesn't happen in other conferences because most young people, entrepreneurs, can't afford to go to the for-pay conferences, which most of them are, and in many cases, investors don't know about what's happening in this, in this particular industry. So that's been, to me, one of the best facets of the whole I, thing. I also think, I mean, that, that was kind of the genesis of the group, right? I told... Uh Let's just say we leverage more of Jeff's network to get this started than mine. But the goal was I would help bring startups since I was far right. younger you were than in Jeff. That, well, you were in that world too, and, not quite middle-aged. And Jeff would bring the more senior sports execs. And right. I think sports is inherently a generally a lifer industry, right, where folks tend to stay pretty in the weeds of the sports industry, right. whether you're going league to league, media company to media company, or media company to league, it's a lot of the same faces. Mm -hmm. So when you go to, I think SBJ events are great, it's fine, but when you go to the SBJ event, it's a lot of the guys you've been growing up with mm -hmm. for the last 20 to exactly. 30 years. Our goal was, you get some of that. You need that, otherwise you mm -hmm. wouldn't show up and right. you wouldn't plan mm -hmm. to meet someone there. But you also need to be able to see the other side, exactly. Which is 
talking about having, you know, esports commentators on the panels, right? Right. And having folks who you wouldn't otherwise get exposure to, uh, which also helps you in your day-to-day business. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, a couple things. One is um, the subject matter matters. Um, When we do a panel on gaming, we have a largely gaming entrepreneurial environment. Um, We do a panel on data, we have a largely data-driven entrepreneurial environment. The executives um, in different uh, enterprise media often change. Investors tend to be the same types of guys because they're looking across a much more horizontal field. But the individuals in specific roles around um, the enterprise side of, of, of the industry or actually the legacy side of the industry and the entrepreneurial side of the industry definitely do change based upon the subject matter. Um, I also want to come back real quickly to your, to your, to your question earlier about how Deepin and I met. Um, Deepin was a young entrepreneur, set up a general assembly, um, building his own startup, trying to figure out his vision, trying to figure out his way. Uh, was hungry, was smart, um, and was really thoughtful about the way he looked at the industry. Um, and I've been very lucky in my career where I've had incredible mentors. Um, I love to be a super connector. It's, it's, it's probably one of my greatest passions. Um, and to Deepin's point a few minutes ago, um, the thought was, look, I will, you build the CMS, you build the, 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 the CRM, you get that started, I will bring the audience and together we'll make this thing flourish. We'll bring together these three communities, we'll, we'll build something, then we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's evolved, it's created its own, its own pattern, we've created a venue that we do most of our events, although we do bounce around, we do a lot of events at Loeb and Loeb, but we have done events at General Assembly, at um, the Players' Tribune, at Liberty Theatre during Advertising Week, uh, which has been our biggest event. I think we had 500 people at our last um, Advertising Week event uh, with uh, some, some great keynotes. Uh, Bob Bowman at ML Bam, John Kozner at ESPN, Ted Leonsis uh, at Revolution, and uh, David Stern, not last but certainly not, not least, uh, former commissioner of the NBA. And so that, that's become our, our marquee event in, in, in September. Um, but get, getting back to the point uh, of, of mentorship, I, I've had amazing mentors in my career, and, and Deepin and I sort of took on that that type of, of an environment together where we said, look, let's go build this thing together. I will sh- introduce you to every single person in my network, and uh, I'll work for you someday, which may, may, I may still be on that trajectory, although it may be getting closer and closer. Um, so I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's an important point. Yeah, Jeff and Deepin, for people listening who might be inclined to create their own meetup groups or potentially extensions of NYBC Sports, which is another point I want you to mm-hmm. talk about. But just briefly talk about the process of doing an event. Yeah. So, because these things just don't happen. We know, because we're all involved, what, what, what the process is. But describe it briefly for people listening who might be inspired to try something locally. Yeah, well, well first, the events start off as networking, right? So bringing great people together is critical. Um, it doesn't need to be fully curated, but it needs to be partially, at least partially curated. So building a, an incredibly, what you know is very important, who you know is as important. So building an incredible or a strong network of the right people in an environment mm-hmm. is truly differentiating. Right. Uh, and so that is, is, I would say, is number one. Number two, um, the first hour, hour and 15 minutes, as I was saying earlier, about, of, of our event is, is networking. So... I literally spend that time walking the room thinking you just raised a fund and you're looking to get funded. You, you two should talk. Right. 
talk amongst yourselves. Right. You are looking to invest in youth sports platforms. Yep. You just built the youth sport pl- platform. Do you guys know each other? No. Good. You should go right. talk to each other. And I feel like I do that for that entire hour and fifteen yeah, minutes. Exactly. And and, and I'm, I love it. I'm, right. I'm I'm super passionate about being able being right. able to do that. My my joke is generally if you guys go conquer the world, I don't want to be the guy that like takes the rope off the dock. Just invite me on the boat with you, and we'll have a couple of drinks together. <laughs> uh, the next the next hour is is the panel, um, and that. Um, comes from people in the community or in the environment suggesting that the topic is hot and interesting. Um, it comes from panelists saying, I'd like to be a part of a panel or talk about a panel or have an idea for a panel with some individuals that may do that with me. Um, it comes from us um, taking meetings all day long with interesting companies uh, and saying, you know, this would be a really interesting topic for a group of people. My favorite NYBC panel um, subject matter was called No Home Games. And we had professional bull riders, tough, that. tough mother, I I and that WWE, I believe you were. And those are three incredible entities um, that have no home venue. And it was like, what's it like yeah. to pick up and have put a away traveling circus. every single yeah. event? Mm-hmm. And it was a fascinating dialogue. Yep. Right. Um, and when we launched this group, that was not the intent, to go create panels such as that. Um, we did one recently... Um, athletes 2.0 and we had a number of, of professional athletes that uh, formerly um, had professional careers and now have a lot of capital and are deploying that capital and using their influencer power to help build businesses um, we did one on culture recently and what a cool topic to bring in um, David Millay who, who, who runs culture for Disney and brings the second you get into the ball to the ballpark the theme park um at, a, at, a, at Disney to the second you leave what is that experience like and they are thinking about everything mm-hmm. and how do you bring that to a sports franchise mm-hmm. we had Alan Houston formerly of the New York Knicks um, and it was just an amazing panel um, talking about how culture Jerem, uh, Jeremy Goldberg at League Apps their entire business is built around culture um, Jamie Messler at, at, uh, at the Players Tribune same type of thing uh, Donna Goldsmith uh, at, at, at Tough Mudder um, having the exact same conversation about how culture truly changes and, and shapes an organization. And that wasn't the, the thought when we, when we launched the group. Mm-hmm. The thought was, let's bring these three communities together. We've had a lot of fun putting together panels. Yeah. And then lastly and most importantly, and I believe, um, Joe and Tom, this, this was your idea, so I'm going to give you full credit for it. Um, at the end of the panel, we open it up to the community. 15 minutes. Yeah. What do you have to say? This is your community. This is your environment. Have you recently... Um, built, launched, raised, grown, hired uh, someone. This is your opportunity to share that with the group. And sometimes out of that group is, it'd be great to do a panel on this, or um, I'd like to meet someone who's doing that. And really the, the, the part that I love most is watching people get jobs. Um, I've seen a number of people get hired uh, by meeting someone in this environment. I've seen deals get done. I've seen startups get funded. Um, and that, you know, I'm, we've been very fortunate in our, in our lives to work at an industry that's exciting, that's fast moving, where every day is different, uh, but that's also in a subject matter that we're excited about. So this, in, in, in some way, very unselfishly, is, feels like it's giving back, but very selfishly, it's nice to throw home games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the two elements that, that you didn't touch on that I think everybody's seen is you always learn something mm-hmm. from the panel, and the panels, I think... In the ones that we've been to over the years, or maybe 
six to ten months ahead of what you're seeing elsewhere. So we did esports a year and a half ago. We did you know all these other. Do ones. you remember that esports panel? Yeah, Slasher. Of, 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 of the thirty say panels that we've done, we've only once had a panelist show up with a photographer, an entourage, a I don't know if harem is the word, but a, a group of, of, of fans. A posse. A uh, recorder, right? He was uh, periscoping. Yeah. Um, the the individual with the largest following the, the we've had professional athletes we've had celebrities we've had heads of organizations we've had commissioners we've had all sorts of, of individuals across our panels but the one with the largest following by far the, the, the most sort of BYO crew was, was, was Slasher was a, yep. was, a, was, a, was, a, was a gamer Rod Breslow uh, be, before the esports uh, mm-hmm. um not, not before, but in the early days of, yep. of, of Twitch and esports. Yep. Well, the way it's growing, if we do another esports event, it may need to be in Madison Square Garden, <laughs> from what I've been And we hearing. can charge for it. Yes. So, so um, go ahead. You want to touch on, in a couple minutes we have left, the expansion, some of the stuff that's yeah. been done uh, at Sloan MIT, what you've done in San Francisco, the amazing thing which Tom and I witnessed firsthand. Tom wasn't there when we dragged... Um, uh, Andrew Hawkins into the event at MIT and suddenly now he's a Columbia graduate because of a couple of drinks we gave him and convinced him to go to Columbia. But, yeah, but that's... Joe, so, Joe was doing so, personal recruiting. Yeah. So let me flip the script as the interviewee. Let me be the interviewer. That was all you. That was all you, Joe. So t- to talk to tell us a little about that. I think people would be really excited to, to with, with, with Were to we hear. at Andrew Hawkins? Yeah, so we were at MIT four years ago and he was on a panel. No, it wasn't four. It was uh, five three. Years, three years yeah, ago? Right. Maybe it was three years ago. And he was literally walking around afterwards, after his panel, and I told him what we were doing, and he's like, oh, maybe I'll come by. And he took it on himself. He showed up that night. This is just a social function. This was a social function, came on his own, didn't know anybody, and was literally standing there kind of, you know, walking around, and he started talking things. He said, I want to go to XY School, which is a school in Manhattan around around, uh, Washington Square Park, and um, that wear a lot of purple, and and I Careful, said, well, he, we have a grad in the. In but that's okay. Podcast. But that's okay. But um, I did uh, three three so, years every Saturday getting my MBA at that. Near Washington. But again, if it was an NYU, if it was an MBA, that's a different story. We weren't interested in, in touché, at that place. Touché. So, but anyway, so he said, you know what? I'll look at Columbia. That's really interesting. What do I do? And I said, here's the guy you contact, Vince Gennaro, and three years later. Andrew Hawkins playing for the Cleveland Browns graduated from Columbia on Monday awesome. because of a couple of drinks and you know God's will to make sure that he showed up one day for a couple of classes. So, That's but amazing. those are the type of things that have happened, and I think now the expansion into San Francisco, you're probably going to see some of the same thing. And you guys have been approached, you know, ad nauseum, I'm sure, about other cities, but there's got to be a kind of a secret sauce to make it work, correct? Um, I think there is. I'll, I'll, I'll start. I know Deepin has strong thoughts on this as well. Um, we launched San Francisco Venture Community um, late last year, um, and we did it uh, with, with in, in partnership with our friends at Top Golf, who are amazing, um, Jihei and Yu Chang and, the, and that whole whole team. And the thought was, um, we think we've created something special in New York. Many have, have been to the events, and that same environment could be recreated in lots of other cities. It doesn't need to simply be be New York. New York is. Um, by its definition, you're going to have a certain type of, of, of attendee, um, but other cities you're going to have different mix of, of individuals. Uh, San Francisco felt natural. 
um, partly due to its entrepreneurship and partly due to its investment, probably less so as far as leagues, but certainly there are many clubs there, there are many publishers there, there are many broadcasters there, and so on, social networks. Uh, and so we launched SFVC. I think what's most important um, is having the right founding team um, that has the credibility, but also that has the network to bring the right types of individuals. That's number one. Number two, I think, is having the right advisory board that has access uh, so that when you pick a subject matter, you have the right people there to talk about that subject matter. Uh, number three is having um, a partner or a sponsor or some sort of backing so that you have um, not only a, a, a series of venues or a consistent venue, um, but also the capital to provide something nice for people when they come. You finish work and you want to come network, you'd like to have a beer in your hand and a little bit of a nush. Um, so that's also nice. And then, and then lastly... Um, I think um, having the ability to think through a, a pipeline or a series of, of subject matters so that you're not every month thinking about, uh-oh, what am I going to do this month? Right. Um, and so we have been approached recently um, with a few different groups, and we're very fortunate, some, some really great um, individuals, about looking at Boston, VC, about looking at Los Angeles, VC, and about looking at London, VC. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the key things that matter. The right team the right advisory team, the right partner uh, to make sure that it's funded and, and, and has longevity, uh, and the right series of, of venues and, and events and, and subject matter. Um, that, that mix together um, is, is what we look for when we launch the next events. But if you, if you cut it down to its very core, the special sauce, in my opinion, and I'd love to know collectively what you guys think, um, we don't sell anything, we don't pitch anything, we do have sponsors, but that up there hawking goods or, or items they're, they're there because they're passionate about the space and they they integrate into the environment and the community naturally uh, and seamlessly in many ways um, it's good for uh, entrepreneurs and investors in the sports world to know that Loeb and Loeb is in the sports industry mm-hmm. and if they meet people through that, that environment great that, that, that's great for everyone everybody wins um, and so we don't sell really anything we don't charge for people to come all the events are covered um, and, and I think people appreciate that that really, truly our goal is to help these three environments, again, entrepreneurs, investors, and those who work in the sports, media, entertainment industry, to better network and connect with each other mm-hmm. and, yeah. learn, and learn something, to your point, and Joe. Joe, something that you talk about all the time is the, uh, or we talk about together, the importance of showing up. Oof, and I think yeah. as the world has become, the professional world and personal world, but particularly professional, has become more digital and more virtual, there are limited opportunities to interact with peers in your profession. Yeah. That's just, that just um, the way things are. That's one reason why there's been a huge growth in the conference business, for, in, in all business sectors. It, it's, it's one of the uh, fastest growing parts of, of um, business communications. And so this idea of actually making the human connection physically, shaking hands, Crazy as that may sound. Crazy yeah. as that may sound, I think is really valuable still. And to Jeff's point, Deepin's uh, point about this, it actually makes a difference in people's lives professionally, uh, personally, in terms of friendships and your social life, whatever. Uh, you never know what's going to happen when you go to one of these things. And I've been to, I think, probably 90, 95% of them. I have met all kinds of interesting people. I've made all kinds of interesting business contacts. I know you've had the same experience. Uh, 
And, and there think, are limited ways you can do that. And a very funny story about that Andrew Hawkins thing that night. There was another guy from a golf business who's been to almost all of our events. He lives in New Jersey, who just happens to be walking through the hotel lobby. Who, Ed Willett? No, 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 not Ed Willett. There's another kind of like golf, two, I can't remember the guy's name. They, they live in New Jersey, but they were, they were at a golf convention the same weekend as Sloan, and he was walking through the lobby and just somebody pulled him in, and all of a sudden he's been to like three or four events. That's awesome. So, but yeah. anyway. So guys, Deepin, yeah, yeah. do you have anything to add, Deepin? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the key for us early on was uh, we wanted to keep this open to how the community wanted to drive it. Um, we didn't set out this huge roadmap of every topic we wanted to cover that year. And that was really important because people said what they wanted to be discussed and we discussed it. And I think that makes people feel as though they're a lot larger part of the community and they're learning what they actually want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, sports is for the most part, uh, not necessarily the most forward-thinking industry. There's a lot of times not much reason to Present be. Present company accepted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the reason is it's it's quite a bureaucratic business, right? If you there are certain things you can say, can't say. A lot of big properties that kind of control it. But our goal was to bring that to a point where people felt safe and comfortable speaking. Um, so yeah, which we is, cover the news, people tweet, but we're not, we're not really breaking news. Right. We're not trying to break news. We're not in a situation where we're, you know, Unless somebody wants stuff. to, in which case we're happy to give, give us a shot. <laughs> but we, we really wanted to make it applicable to people of all ages. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll come in and we have students, right? Yeah. I know Tom and Joe, you guys have brought some great students who have come in, either helped or just attended because they were curious to see. Uh, and meet folks in the yeah. space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a fine balance between that mm-hmm. at the same time, right? You, someone who's been in the industry for 40 years, needs to also feel as though they're getting as much value as someone sure. who's 22. Right. And as I often like to point out in my consulting conversations, is that since the audience for most of these products and services that we keep talking about are younger, it's right. kind of nice to get their perspective. Absolutely. As we as we talk about yeah. all these different businesses and, and the uh, and these trends. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think, um, guys, anything else you want to add before we wrap? No, it's, it's been fun yeah. to all work on this well, together. On, on behalf of all the members of NYBC Sports and all the attendees, thank you for doing this. Thank uh, you, It really guys. is an amazing uh, group. I'm really thrilled to be part of it, happy to be for sure. contributing the ways I can contribute. I know Joe feels the same way. Looking forward to all the events ahead and looking forward to world domination when you go beyond London and we get into India and China and Brazil and some, yeah. someday we'll be bigger than Ted. I think it's uh, <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think that the point is good. I think it's still early days. Yeah, um, we're going to do more on artificial intelligence. We're going to do more mm-hmm. on gathering data. We're going to do more on uh, enabling experiences yeah. in, in in venue and around venues. Um, we're going to do more on on cord cutting and and OTT platforms right. and the future of live video. Right. Th- these are all topics. Um, in our industry that are exploding. Um, and we're also always open to topics. I mean, that's a great thing about yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's actually a good segue into the last question. So um, what's the call to action for everybody listening who are not members, who are not familiar yet? What should they do now? Yeah, I mean, if you're interested, um, check out the site, nybcsports.com. There's a link on there where you can uh, submit your information and your name. Um, we're also not trying to, uh, you know, we're not 
charging people thousands of dollars for the event or become a member. The goal is to have high quality people, but more importantly, people who can add value to everyone. Or not even hundreds of dollars or even tens of dollars. Zero dollars. To be clear about that, right. Yeah, zero dollars. <laughs> right. uh, uh, we might play with that. We we send out... Here comes news. <laughs> no, I mean, who knows? I mean, there, there's, there's lots of models. When we send our invites, right. we get um, a lot of RSVPs. Um, Why don't we pass a hat around? S- sometimes those <laughs> RSVPs don't show, right? You get the invite. You're it like, cool, I want... streets of Manhattan. We can do it in our events. Totally. I, I, I want to go to that event. You sign up. You RSVP. You add it to your calendar. You, then, yeah. like the anything else... Club. It's like the Will Rogers money yeah. raising in movie yeah. theaters. Like anything else, you, you get caught up in the office and you're unable to make it. Yeah. And so we end up making name tags and we have uh, a larger list than we end up anticipating. And... Many people show, but it's not always the same as the people sure. we made name tags for. So we've we've dabbled with a lot of different business models and ideas of like, well, maybe we charge ten dollars to sign up, and we'll have a stack of ten dollar bills when people show up. And anyone who signed up and shows up gets their money back. But if you don't show, you're keeping your ten bucks, and we'll put it towards a charity. Yeah, we'll put it towards to the be next clear, event. The goal is for none of us to make money. Yeah. Like NYBC Sports was never created for these individual events to become a profit center for any of us. It was more to get people together, but to Jeff's point, in order to get everyone there and making sure that people who are on the waiting list don't get shut out because someone didn't show up, I think that's kind of the growing pains yeah. of building an events business. Yeah, and it's true. I think it's. I think that applies to all events companies because right. this, this is a complaint that you hear from everyone in the business. Yeah. And it's all building a network, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Everyone in that room is there to build their network. And if building your network allows you to be better at your job, and I'll speak personally for myself, the better my network, the more effective I am at my day job at MLB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the impetus, I think, that drives a lot of people to come and, and to be there. And I can tell you that my network is far stronger as a result of this. And yes. so personally, I've been very fortunate. Um, but for those who are looking to build and grow their network and that drives their day jobs or drives... What they're passionate about, that this is a good environment for these for those individuals. So guys, beyond the website, how about social? What should everybody be following? At NYBC Sports. Um, anytime we're at events or you know, there's some big news that comes out, um, you know, we'll we'll be sharing it as best we can. Right. Um, the events you can check out hashtag NYBC Sports. Um, to hear what the panelists are saying um, and get some good nuggets of information if you're unable to join in person. And I would say to anyone out there looking to crack into the industry, read everything. There are so many channels, there are so many avenues, there are so many great resources to really understand the sports business. And again, media, entertainment, sports... um, the digital media business, the growth of digital media, the the, the subject matter um, doesn't need to be sports. It can be the growth of data. It can be the growth of artificial intelligence or VR or gaming or e-gaming or live video or, or, or platform growth or connected devices or mobile. There are so many different things and there's so many ways uh, in which one can, can follow that environment. And I, Tom, I know you're super passionate about this. and. Right. You've sent around many times. This is my reading list. You have to read this. So, right. what are some of your favorites? What well, are some I was going to actually use a specific example from NYBC Sports. So, Jeff, you referenced the relationship that you guys have built with Advertising Week, which is the largest advertising and marketing conference in the country. 
annually done in the fall in Midtown Manhattan. And the so world. Thanks they, to you and MLB Advanced in, Media, in, right, and then it goes beyond the yep. U.S. But thanks to you and MLB Advanced Media, those panels are streaming live during Advertising Week, and all those panels are on demand, including those from NYBC Sports. So uh, I know all my students and advisees have heard me say this, but if you can't go to the event or events, go listen to the smartest people in the business talk about it. So that conversation with Ted Leonsis and David Stern from uh, two Two years ago ago. uh, was quite amazing uh, for both of them. Um, And also beyond NYBC Sports, to, uh, to underscore Jeff's point, all the panels from MIT Sloan, which we attended from this past March, are all available on demand. So, as you said, Jeff, and as Joe and I emphasize with everybody we're talking to, if you want to get smarter, it's up to you. Get smarter. Mm -hmm. It's all there for the taking. Yep, I agree 100%. So, yet again, another um, podcast coming to the end. The Cusp Show. Tom, once again, thanks for co-hosting. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Deepin, Farik, and Jeff Volk. Um, It's a pleasure to work with you, to have you as colleagues, to be friends with you guys. And we wish you well in the expansion of this enterprise. And follow Deepin on Twitter. He's uh, he's fun to follow. What are you at Deepin Parikh? Yes, at Deepin yes, Parikh. At Deepin Parikh. Yeah. The only one. Right. <laughs> at Joe Favorito. Uh, and what Tom about Richardson. Jeff? What's your J A Volk? Is it? Yeah, mine's at J A Volk. At J A Volk. Everybody's doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that on Twitter, but it's a good way to keep up with everybody. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for having us. Appreciate. Guys. Yeah, it was really good to have you guys, and um, we'll be looking for you the next NYDC Sports event. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Richardson, and my co-host is Joe Favorito. And our production assistant this week is Columbia student Reese Eisenman. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other key platforms. You can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Cusp Show. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter at C-U underscore S-P-S underscore sports. Also, you can find out more about our program, the Columbia University Sports Management Program, by going online at sps.columbia.edu forward slash sports hyphen management. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.